0: This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast.
1: What's going on, everybody? This is MLWZ Kiro Kwan, representing the Contra Unit, and we're here with Wrestling POV's Global Entertainment Podcast.
2: This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to the Wrestling POV Podcast.
1: What's up? This is Jeff Cobb. You're listening to WPOV Global. (laughs)
2: hey fans welcome to another edition of wpov global i'm your host the legend t james logan sitting here at the palatial estates i'm not even sure what that word means but it sounds great the palatial estates in somewhere alberta canada joined via super zoom satellite this is this is even better than the zoom you people have this is the zoom we paid extra money for for just the global guys we're talking a direct three bounce satellite link to toronto canada joining me the gentleman elio Canella. what's going on And then we've redirected all our satellite mic, shot it over Australia, set it down on microwaves to Washington, D.C., where Ant the Liberated has also decided to join us tonight. WPOV Nation, what's happening? You know what, guys? Uh, We only talked like maybe two or three minutes before we got on and started this. And one thing we said for sure, a little bit nicer of a week than last. I mean, not great, but boy, a little bit nicer. Wouldn't you boys say? indeed yep. yes sir now uh let, let's talk about what's going on here i mean we, we, we've been in the midst of uh of uh this covid thing has, has been uh, locking a lot of us down we've had mm-hmm. a, a lot of uh rioting and protest across uh, across north america uh all most of it uh racially uh what's the word directed um but you know what L- last week was we were coming off a very strong week of everything colliding things have cooled down a little bit we're not out of the woods. Uh, There's still lots of stuff going on, but I got to say it's a bit of sigh of relief. How's things looking on your end in uh, Washington? So uh, Governor Maryland,
1: I mean, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan broke news today that the state will open up uh, going into phase two at 50% operational, you know, capacity. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that gyms will be open restaurants places with mass gatherings but at a 50 percent rate with people you know being expected to maintain social distancing practices if you will but honestly i'm not ready for that Mm -hmm. people could go ahead and do their thing i'm gonna wait a month or two or maybe until 2021 before i go (laughs) back outside on a regular basis and fully you know indulge or engage in you know some of the activities activities, and liberties that we have yeah I mean because when you look at the first weekend of protesting and how 21,000 new cases of COVID-19 came forth as a result of that I'm like are we really ready to open up at this capacity as of yet so yeah I'm gonna play it safe and be easy until I know for certain it is absolutely clear to go outside
2: and play again. Yeah I don't blame you man Uh, I'm kind of up I'm uh, looking to you know where I am in Canada the province I am in, in um, had the lowest probably cases especially in my area mm-hmm. of probably most of Canada except maybe Nunavut uh, which is an extremely small Inuit communities but you know we're a rather large province and here in central Alberta we have very few cases and very few deaths but I'm not uh, a dreamer this is this is a virus this is a, a thing spread very quickly and easily and it could very very easily turn around and wipe us out. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm. I don't want to take that chance either. You know, we're going this this Friday in our province. We're scheduled for phase two openings, meaning restaurants are full capacities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only things at smaller capacity, of course, are large uh, gatherings. But it'll almost be back to business as usual. And I gotta say, uh, I'm thinking I'm, I'm a little worried. We might be jumping the boat too. You know, this this might be just a little too quick. And I don't want to know what kind of bad repercussions that we may have for allowing this sort of thing. To, to, to happen uh, over on the east Coast uh, Elio tell me uh, how, how's the feeling there and and what are you guys looking at this week so
0: um, same as uh, you and one um, we're gonna we're opening uh, phase we're going into phase two on uh, Friday and but um this past week, I was on Facebook, and you know how they have the little video tab. Mm-hmm. So, I came across a video, and um someone was uh, some a person was filming this guy standing on uh, the sidewalk, and he had a uh, this t shirt on which is some punk rock band called screwdriver mm-hmm. and like he was like going after him like he was saying like i know what that t shirt means and all that, and like yelling all these like slurs at him so The thing that was scary, that was scary, but then I was looking in the background. I was looking around the area that that guy was standing. Mm -hmm. And I recognized everything because in the background where he was standing is the same sidewalk. I walked up and down many times when I was going to the hospital.
2: Oh, yeah. question here. Was it you he was yelling at?
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm sure you're mistaken. I <laughs> but, but, but that was it was it's scary to know that that's the exact uh, same location I used to walk up and down.
2: Yeah, seeing something outrageous on Facebook and then actually it's part of you know your immediate life. Yeah that that's a bit frightening, you know? Um one thing I wanna wanna point out here, which I think is remarkable. And one thing I'm glad of a positive outcome of, of, of all the racial unrest lately
1: mm-hmm.
2: is um People, we're now facing things more of a head-on, and I appreciate that. I appreciate people stepping up for once and and being very clear that they support Black Lives Matter. You know, I appreciate that uh, companies and things are throwing in support uh, for for great organizations. And if you unfortunately are uh, uh, of the racist bent, at least you're standing up and we can figure out who the hell you are, you know? That, that's, that makes it a little more safer and not so scary in the dark. Um, one of the things I like very much right now is people just trying to explain really what things mean, okay? Um, I've, I've known what, uh, you know, I've heard the term Black Lives Matter for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't exactly clear, you know, not being, not being Black myself. I had no real ties into it, you know what I mean? And I was maybe a little bit unclear, but I think I was getting the gist of it. But with all this talk out forward of people saying what their support is, finally we get to put to light uh, the tricky ways people hide around racism. Mm. And I particularly wanna point out uh, the whole all lives matter thing, okay? Uh, One of the trickiest, most racist thing in my opinion was people using this as a platform to say, oh no, No, the black people are the ones segregating it, saying black lives matter, right? All lives matter, blah, blah, blah. But that isn't exactly what all lives matter is. That movement isn't really found on any equality at all. You know, when you look at really what it is, it's a movement to undercut the black lives. It's basically just put there to try and deflect the true meaning of of a good message and dilute it. And it's the exact kind of thing that, you know, have put down uh, the black movement all these years is the undercutting and the, and the uh, forcing things into the shadows. Now, now that people have come out and have explained very clearly what all lives matter means, people are starting to understand how wrong they are to think what they thought. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe if black lives matter meant only black lives matter and then other people which it never has said that, and has never been that platform. Had that been the platform, then it would make sense for an all lives matter. But the truth is, it's not that black lives matter more. It's just they're the s- segment of society more at risk for violence and things put against them. So it's just a reminder. They're not saying we're our lives matter more. They're just saying, hey, the shitty situation we're in, our lives got to matter. You guys have to, like, look and and, and show that our lives matter. That's all we're asking. Just look at us to say, we're getting the short end of the stick, but we should matter too. And I think it's really good that because these conversations are happening more clear and out in the open, that we can finally delineate these sort of things. And finally, we can realize that the all-live-matter bullshit movement is just an undercutting of a real issue and a real movement. And I'm glad because the reason why all lives matter has worked for so long is because people were putting into it without realizing what it was. And now that we've thrown light on it, well, when you throw light on the cockroaches, they run to the corners and that's all it takes. So that's probably for me, one of the, the things that I'm glad has come out in the open, you know? And, and I've been very glad of the fact that I, you know, I've always had my uh, beliefs, I've always had my uh, passions and for things, but I've always been that guy when things happen, I kind of keep to myself. I don't, you know, I'm not the kind of guy to go on Facebook and and say, blah, blah, blah of anything, you know, but when this stuff starts happening and and it's really throwing a light on it, I can't help but say that I support uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. I support my African-American brothers and sisters. I think it's atrocious and terrible, the things that have been happening and things have to be done and we've talked about this you know we've talked about the riots and things like that and so many people have said like uh oh uh this is the one that gets me the most and and i I know it's got to get you the most too Mm -hmm. is when you get all these people all these white people especially throwing up all these things saying oh martin luther king changed the world and he advocated for no violence he made a difference by not being violent and i said really I don't see any fucking difference because the black people have not been not getting shafted for this many years. I don't think he made much of a difference. Mm -hmm. He talked and people heard things, but nobody did anything about it. And then for all those people who are saying, oh, nonviolent ways are the only ways to make this work. I say, really? Because I seem to remember a black fella who uh, took a knee, took a fucking knee during the national anthem just to protest brutality to black men and they shit on his career and ruined his life. And how pacifistic more could you get than that? <laughs> so don't tell me non-violence is going to be the solution in this. Because it certainly hasn't seemed to work for how many years? You know, So I, I got to say, I hope this is for a better. I hope all of this stuff really makes us all stop and think. Because it's really easy, really easy to just look at each other's color and decide something. But it's really different when you take people into consideration when you look at your neighbors and your friends of whatever color and nationality, you realize that they're just people too. And why should we be subjugating anybody for any, any color, any class, any creed or anything? So that's about the only good thing that I think has come out of this is people. And, and I know that's, is, this is the word political term. I don't watch a lot of internet stuff. So I guess it's, is, I guess we're awoke now. Is that it? We're, we're being woken, but, uh, I guess I see what it means. Because if society can finally do this, it's about time. So, guys, (laughs) wrestling.
1: (laughs) Can I say Uh, something real quick? Yes,
2: please. So, just so
1: you know, uh, with Colin Kaepernick, yeah, Mm -hmm. the NFL pretty much exiled him out of the league but he hasn't been ruined um his efforts have been seen and he's been you know more than anything magnified and projected even in a better light and i say that because he's had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to you know um go forward in continuing involving himself in uh peaceful protesting Mm -hmm. and, and and being anti uh towards police brutality. Uh, He's, you know, having interaction with the military and nonprofit organizations and moving forward with pushing an agenda that, you know, will hopefully see change in reference to the treatment of us when it comes to uh, civilian versus law enforcement interaction. Mm -hmm. And also Nike has given him Um, I guess, an endorsement deal of sorts, even though he's currently not an active athlete, but Nike has full-fledged announced and and, and projected their support of Colin Kaepernick and everything that he's doing. So, yeah, the NFL exiled him, but Mm -hmm. he seems to be faring pretty well for somebody who's no longer playing football.
2: Right, but he should be playing football because he's a a talented (laughs) player who's... Yeah. Um, Another thing that's probably happening, and I don't know if you'll get that as much down in the States as uh, me, obviously me and Ellie will hear, but um, we've also had a a new wave of uh, protesting here in Mm. Canada uh, concerning the Indigenous people and the treatment by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police across our nation. Mm, Many, many cases of uh, natives coming forward and uh, showing uh, evidence of total police brutality. Uh, placed upon them by the rcp like just as systematic worse as they are as we see as the police in america so this is obviously a problem that has to be dealt with um we are supposed to be placed and protected by a segment of our population that seems to be preying on what they perceive as the weakest part of our of taking advantage of people of you know of lower class or whatever. And, and, and taking that opportunity to, to do whatever they want. So this is a systematic problem that seems to be going right across North America for our law enforcement officials. And, I'm not, and in doing so, we're not saying that every cop is bad. I mean, we need police officers. There's some great police officers out there. But when your organization is taught that when you shoot someone, you shoot to kill, when you take down someone, you take them down permanently, how are they exactly our protectors? When if you get on the wrong side of them for any reason, you have run the risk of being killed. And unfortunately, statistically, if you're a color of uh, non-white race or a lower income class, you even have more of a chance of not getting up again, or if so, getting up in such a wreck that you may not want to get up. How is that, how is that any kind of fairness in, in our society? So hooray on that. <laughs> let's, let's hope this keeps rolling and let's hope something actually gets done. You know, Absolutely. I mean, You know, rioting and looting, I guess, can have its place. But let's hope that leads to something. Right. That's all I'm saying there. Now, uh, (laughs) um, there is, okay, for me, the one bright light of last week. Are you guys ready for this one? Sure. This has nothing to do with wrestling. It has nothing to do with uh, the things we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. But my current favorite band put out their uh, fourth CD last week. Okay. And people across the U.S. are loving it. Let um, me is Jew- it, is
0: it oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Run the jewels. Okay. Run the jewels. Four
2: Correct. just came out, and all I gotta say, people, check it out on Spotify. It is good, really solid, good rap music. Can and be. a lot of a lot of their message right now is a lot of the stuff that's going on. It, it's very sad. One of the songs called "Walking in the Snow." They say they rapped about uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's a fellow in New York, a black guy who was selling cigarettes. And the police took him down, and the exact uh, same thing happened. Uh, I think his name was Gabriel, or last name Gabriel no, or something. Oh, my gosh. What is his name? I I can't remember the Why name, am I but, forgetting his name right now? But you oh, know what my. I'm talking about, right? I do. I do. And he I, I said the exact same thing, I can't breathe, before he died. Yep. Well, they, they had written a song about that in November. And as they're putting this together, this is exactly the timing that came out a week or two after these riots with exactly the same message going on. And, and it was pretty chilling to hear that sort of stuff so uh good on them take a chance yes. uh i know you've heard run the jewels Ant. i don't know if, oh yeah uh,
1: i haven't heard the latest album yet but i thank you for the remind um, I, I, definitely I heard, I heard downloaded. music
2: yeah definitely check it out folks now, number four very raw very raw album and very mm-hmm. good stuff but let's get into a talk about wrestling we're getting closer to crowds coming back what is that going to look like well, it's going to hopefully be a little more exciting. Quick question. Do you guys think, you know, I noticed that the WWE has been putting a plexiglass thing uh, around uh, the fans. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to stay? And if it does, what kind of repercussions does it have? And what kind of problems or great things do you see coming out of that? Elio? I I really hope they don't. Uh... <laughs>
0: They don't you know, like use it like the way they do now. Like when they throw someone into the, like the barricades. Mm-hmm. So, but uh,
2: but isn't that exciting?
0: It, when when I when I saw it for the first time on Raw, I actually mm-hmm. liked the, the way we set up with the plexiglass. Okay. It really, it looked really cool the way we set but up. But you don't
2: want you don't want people interacting with it.
0: No, I mean I want like uh, because uh, we know like what happens when you, someone gets thrown into the barricades. Mm-hmm. Whatever, like barricades, like break or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to see that, like, getting, getting thrown into the boards like that, into the glass. Okay.
2: Yeah. Cat, yeah, what do you think of that whole layout, having the plexiglass around uh, uh, the inner parts?
1: I mean, of course, it's different, you know, from how AEW has been doing things. And I feel like it will kind of add an NHL factor. To so <laughs> WWE television, where you know, of course, they'll throw guys into the barricade in the glass. Um, the hope is that you know, if they go in any direction, then you know, no one suffers injury as a result mm-hmm. of it, whether it's the wrestlers, right? Sport, yeah, you know, that's, what,
0: that's what I was uh, saying right there. Like that, hopefully, no one gets injured when getting thrown in there.
2: I kind of think, though, they're nowhere as solid as they would be for an, I mean. You're putting up a little barrier. Uh, in when you do it in the NHL, you're built right into the arena and into the rink. These things are just kind of moving walls put in there. That can't be that solid. I can't see it causing anywhere the kind of damage if you were to hocked into the arena's glass, as opposed to that glass. I can't see that actually even staying up. To be honest, and I see it falling <laughs> right, down right. with full body into it. Um, for me, it gives it a weird. I don't like the feel of it. I mean, I think it's cool to bang on it and be in that part, but I don't like the septic feel because it's another barrier that you're right there, but there's a barrier between you.
0: And isn't, and isn't it supposed to be like fan interaction? Yeah, how, with, with that one, right? How are you supposed to interact with the uh, superstars?
2: Well, there's one thing. I mean, do you really want, after all this COVID stuff? I think it should be a little while before we're slapping hands, yeah. and kissing babies, running down to the <laughs> ring.
0: <laughs> no, but like I'm just saying, like uh, it's there's supposed to be fan interaction. You can't really interact much if you have like a a sheet of glass between
2: the true and, the, that's crowd what I feel, and like,
0: the wrestlers. Yeah, to
2: me, it gives it a weird septic feeling that I'm not sure if I dig. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in other news, New Japan has announced, uh, starting as I believe as of next weekend. Yes, they do. They're going to finally have cards. Goddamn, Elliot, we need to watch some wrestling. <laughs>
0: uh, well, uh, actually, uh, they they were saying, uh, I believe uh, I read that they were going to start with empty minutes and slowly start bringing people back in.
2: Yeah, but we just get to see New Japan wrestlers. I finally know. Oh, finally, uh, the New Japan finally. Cup starting. And, yes. uh, the New Japan Cup is sort of this tournament where it's like, everybody who's in the heavyweight and some of the lightweights that with bigger names get thrown in there and they all go through a kind of a, a one man knockout tournament where at the end, the winner gets a title shot against, uh, against the champion. However, new Japan is always lets their champion enter the tournament. And what ends up happening is if he wins the the thing, he gets to pick his own uh, challenger for an upcoming thing. So that's kind of exciting too. So now this will be viewed by way
1: of New Japan Network. Is that correct? New Japan, Yeah, New oh, Japan World will
2: definitely be playing it. Gotcha. Um, right now, there are no other American distributors, except for those illegal ones that people seem to use, <laughs> which I'm not going to endorse. We didn't hear that. We didn't hear that. But yes, New Japan World fans, <laughs> send a subscription. <laughs> Tell them I we out. sent you. <laughs> but uh, yeah that's gonna be exciting uh mlw uh this is they made the news this week signing a deal with um a video game platforming streaming sports service platform that has a 1 million subscribers they are going to be on that platform and which means they're going to get a giant much more exposure because yeah anyone can go into youtube and make a show we know that we put one on there right but getting people over to YouTube isn't always that easy. So having this kind of streaming platform with paid subscribers, then being into their, their directory as a listing, this could be a major boon for him. Indeed.
0: I do. I do have a one piece. I don't know if um, Mm -hmm. you saw this. I saw it before we went on the air about Teddy Hart.
2: No, I did not. Let's hear this. This is fresh to me. Let me get some popcorn. It's usually interesting. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let Let me pull up the article right here. Actually... I was on Facebook getting, looking up that the the top topic, so it says, yep. Teddy Hart charges were dismissed in court today. Good. So posted by him, it said, just got out of court, charges dismissed for domestic violence. God is good, don't believe the rumors. Thank you all for the people that stood by my side through all this.
2: Well, we did have that, uh, you know, that whole thing came out where Maria Menick was saying, Yep. When she told her side of the story, you kind of had to, if it's, you know, if it's 100% true, you have to go, wow, mm-hmm. he got shafted. You know, some yep. some uh, douchebag indie wrestler wrote on his co- coattails to get, you know, to get some, his name and play and money out of this. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully something comes back on that douchebag because uh, profiting off people's misery, that's yeah. bullshit. So good, good, bullshit. good, for, good for Teddy Hurt. So this is our promise on on our show global that whoever that guy was, we're gonna look his name up after the thing and get those things again. We are never talking about him on this show and we're never giving him an interview. Mm. Douchebags like that don't deserve to mm-hmm. profit off uh, other people's misery. Sorry, Agreed. not cool. Well, that's good to hear. You know, I've known Teddy for a long time and I told you guys when we first got that news, I was brokenhearted when I thought that this might be true. I was like, really, Teddy? Like that I hope not, because I've known you for years and you've yeah, you've struggled and had some screwy things in your life, but you've always had a good heart. And I hated to think that you went that far with something. But to hear that, you know, that it's been cleared and these things didn't happen. Well, you could still be that fuck up that I know that I still care about, <laughs> but you mess things up a lot. <laughs> God, you can always love the guy <laughs> who falls down 150,000 yeah. times. I wonder where we
0: see that up. Like, you know, like what, what, get... what company really is he going to in?
2: What's that? What co- what company where, is... what?
0: I wonder what company is he going
2: to uh, You know what? With his record, I wonder if he can get into New Japan. I mean, it's about all he's got left. He's burnt most of his bridges. AEW, I mean, he hasn't, Sniffed around there, but you know, he's mm. got a long reputation. WWE, they're not going to hire him ever again. Come on, three chances in there? No. Okay. Um, Impact, they've had nothing but problems. ROH have had nothing but problems. Unfortunately, he really burnt his bridges with MLW. Mm. Um, that leaves maybe AEW, but...
0: <sighs> Impact, uh... wrestling. Impact Wrestling. I, 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 wa- I want to watch this uh, this the show. I just can't
2: do it. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's an extra burden. Wrestling's coming back. Don't burden yourself with garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like they
0: just, they, they, they just uh, we just thought they just had the debut of Deanna Perazzo on
2: there. Yeah, you know, and that's the weird thing about uh, Impact Wrestling. There are a couple really good wrestlers. There's even some friends of mine that compete and, and wrestle on that show, but the show on the whole and the company on the whole is such an effing train wreck that it leaves a distaste in your mouth for real wrestling. So, uh, as much as I want to tune in and you know see Raj fight and things like that, the rest of it are, you look at their, their women's division. I mean, Jordan Grace should be wrestling with legitimate women. You know, she should yeah. at the least be in AEW fighting real women. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Not, you know, not getting the second bottom scraps that Impact has, you know. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Uh Let's get into our hot topic this week. Okay. Hey, guys. Hot topic this week. And I, and I know I to, we didn't give it to you, but don't worry. We only thought of it very That's late. We got it out there. And, and a a I couldn't
0: even post anything because my internet was down all
2: day. Yeah, pretty much. But here's our topic, okay? It stems out of the fact of last week's uh, AEW Dynamite. Mm-hmm. If we notice the main event, Cody Rhodes competed against uh, Jungle, Jungle Boy? Yep. yep. Jungle Boy. So here he is competing against a guy who is in no way any kind of enemy of his. There is no problems between them. He is not a bad guy. They're both, this is a face-on-face thing. He's given a title shot to a young guy. Yep. It's a battle that really doesn't have much consequence to it. And yet, Cody takes the opportunity to blade himself very badly and bleed ridiculously like his father would in a match. And coming out of there, all I could think about is, Cody Rhodes bladed himself for a free match on television that didn't mean anything for any overall storylines. And I thought to myself, is this something? Because now Cody is booking himself every week as champion to defend his title. Should he be doing this kind of stuff on free television? Guys, what do you think? Is this is this kind of ridiculous to be, in this day and age, bleeding yourself? And and I mean, he it's not like he had a trickle of blood, guys. He was like walking around like, full-out Friday the 13th bloody, you know what I mean? Should he be doing this weekly for matches that don't mean anything for a secondary title? And
1: I don't think so, but I I understand why he's doing it, and I say that because, um, excuse me, once upon a time, AEW was pulling about 900-something thousand viewers per week. We've seen those numbers regress to somewhere in the neighborhood of what, maybe 600 to 700,000 views a week. So Mm -hmm. I think Cody is reaching for something Mm -hmm. that will, you know, help turn the ratings back in or or help uh, trend the ratings in the right direction. And Unfortunately, it's not working because, you know, ratings are still on the decline. Although they still average more ratings on a weekly basis than NXT. Mm-hmm. But, you know, him reaching for the blood in the weekly matches as well as, you know, being on the marquee portion mm-hmm. of the card, defending the belt with this challenge, they're reaching for something to help increase those ratings. At least that's how I see it. But I don't think it's necessary for him
2: to bleed week in and week out. Neither do I. I'm going to say this right now because as I'm watching that match at the end of it, it struck me as this. Um, it was 100% unneeded. Let's face it, there are matches we've seen, classic matches, where somebody does bleed and it does accentuate or add to the drama of things.
1: WrestleMania th- 13,
2: Stone Cold to Bret Hart. Yeah. You know, there's times where it's a defining part of a match, but then there are times where it happens and it's just like it adds absolutely nothing to the overall aesthetic uh, direction story, whatever you have. And unfortunately, this just really wasn't the place for this. It served no purpose in any kind of, there's no storyline that came out of this. Don't. There was no anger involved between these two guys. There was nothing that would warrant, there was nothing that would warrant Cody going so fast and mad that he rammed his own face into the thing and split himself open in a match with Jungle Boy. You know, it's to me, what things like this does, um, I remember as a kid watching old NWA wrestling, okay? And I liked Dusty Rhodes a lot, mm-hmm. but I laughed because you could basically uh, brush against his forehead and he would burst open bleeding. And it would be like, really? You know, it wasn't even a blood anymore. It was just Dusty Rhodes, you know? Like, Dustin has to want, watch out that he that, that isn't what he's shooting for. He doesn't want to be the clown covered in red when it means nothing. You know? Right right and uh, and unfortunately I think this meant nothing now you taught you're right he's you know what the guys over at POV especially Tony Diaz uh, mentions this a lot you know they get very mad that Cody books himself every week mm. in matches and now he's a champion who's going to book himself every <laughs> single week to defend his title yeah um, here's the hard part about this okay this whole title situation for me is we're told it's a secondary title.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Cody wins it and says he wants to show that it's not a secondary title but look at the people he's defending it against mm-hmm. he's defending it against guys in tag teams guys who <laughs> are right. secondary wrestlers to begin with did any of us think that Mark Quinn had a chance today? did any nope. of us think Jungle Boy was really <laughs> going to walk away with the belt? nope if anything in our hearts all of us were like why did he get a title shot? Like <laughs> with all the guys at the top you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that overall story, I'm going to have to say no. I don't think he should be bleeding himself weekly. I I think it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I think he's got a long road to haul if he thinks that is what's going to bring in ratings. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to tell you guys, right now, I would have rather if you had had him fight MJF or uh, who's bad guys at the top? Uh, Amy Guevara? Sure. You know, I'd have him rather fight those guys with no blood than watching him fight Jungle Boy with blood. (laughs) Right. What does that tell you? Okay. Now, I believe there was one fan comment because we got we posted this up, fans. We're sorry we got this late. If anybody wants to comment about this after the fact, we will read your comments next week. Uh, But the one comment we did have uh, is a regular viewer of WPOV Wrestling. Uh, Go ahead, Elio. Can you read that out for us? So from Paul T. Phillips, he says, Not every week it gets old quick. Exactly. I think that hit it on the head for me. Watching Dusty Rhodes get breathed on and bleeding, everything got super old for me. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to fall into that category. And then
0: that belt. Don't, don't tell us that, that's the, that that belt's not finished.
2: That's the final product right there. What do you guys think? Do you think they're going to do anything to that belt? Because I know Cody very much came out and said, well, this is the belt I'm defending.
1: <laughs> I I would hope that they're doing something else to the belt I would hope that there is another edition of the belt as Tony uh, Shivani advertised mm-hmm. if not I I can't help but wonder how do you keep the people engaged in that division when like you said he's defending it against AEW dark regulars and then the mm-hmm. belt doesn't even have an appealing look to it so mm-hmm. they need to do something to make that division and in that title seem
2: appealing. I agree. And uh, one thing I got to say, though, is a lot of companies make this mistake. And we've seen this how many times where there's a secondary belt like this or in any indie company where they have a secondary belt or even stuff when they've taken the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title and then they make this product that looks nicer than the world title. Hmm. But it's a secondary title. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? Right. That becomes a confusion, too, you know,
1: um, honestly. Didn't you think you could get worse than WWE's twenty four seven title? <laughs> yeah, that's worse than the twenty four seven title. What, you don't
2: remember the butterfly diva belt? <laughs> <laughs> Or are Mick Foley's hardcore out of the trash? <laughs> I, I would take the hardcore
1: belt over the TNT championship. That's yeah, how I, I got to admit it. It
2: is, it is probably not <laughs> <That laughs> they, they just?
0: Didn't they just take a World Heavyweight Championship and just smash it with a hammer? and? Call yeah, I think that was the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah.
2: took it out of the trash and put it together and gave it to Foley because he yep. thought Foley was a piece of trash wrestling. wrestling. So. <laughs> right. But, but, but then Foley <laughs> made it into something. So, yep. okay. Oh, <laughs> well, fans, uh... If you have some uh, comments about what we we're talking about, not only about Cody Rhodes, the, the defense of this TNT title, or even the looks of this TNT title that you want us to talk about, Elio, tell them all the great places they can write into.
0: You can write in and on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram at Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV.
2: Right. You know what, fans? We are also one of three shows on this network. WPOV Global we have your whole backdoor look at all of the stuff going across non WWE related products we're talking about New Japan we're talking MLW AEW uh, God help us if we have to look at impact uh, sometimes if we get some rev pro definitely look at the only product that we touch that's WWE related is WWE NXT UK. We've not had any of our show now a long time. But we got that. That'll all be coming back. We also yeah. have a sister show, the show that started all WPOV Wrestling, where we have uh, what's his name, Rick Richie Durango the Second, and uh, and uh, Tony ate a whole pizza, Diego or something like that. Those two guys, uh, and uh, what's that thing called? Uh, Dishrag. Yeah, Dishrag. <laughs> Is that yeah. his name? Yeah. Uh, well, those three. Gentlemen, and I'm sorry, Eli, I soiled your name with that. Those three gentlemen uh, take a look at WWE. It's in and out. It's looking at WWE SmackDown, Raw. They look at uh, they, NXT. They kinda, NXT, and then they kind of dip into our territory and try to give their opinions about AEW. Which I gotta say, guys, they don't seem to have the same taste <laughs> as us. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of disparaging between their look at AEW and our look at AEW. Yeah. but uh, anyways, they are. They are. Uh, I gotta say they are a lot more funnier than us i guess we're more the analytical ones and thirdly in our lineup of shows we have our wpov mma show where we have Anthony liberated and his co-host uh Deontay. the two of them look at all the goings-on across the mma world um i'm not very good at the names of these i know there's a ufc there's a bellator yes uh pride is that still around once yeah. upon a time, it was no
1: longer. Okay, oh, okay. so there's where
2: I lost it. I was going to say Pancreas, but I'm pretty sure they went out a long time ago. Right. <laughs> like a long
1: time ago. The modern day Pride is one yeah. f- uh, championship fighting.
2: So you were close. Okay, wow. Don't, pretty don't don't good. That, guess? I'll let that go on my but you know what, guys? You can find all of these programs, not just on Facebook. At Tell us all the places you can find all three shows.
1: In addition to Facebook, uh, the show can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast, and they can be heard on the following streaming platforms, iTunes, iHeartRadio,
2: Podbean, excuse me, and Spotify. Sounds great to me. Fans, we're going to take a really quick break. When we get back, we are delving straight in to AEW Dynamite. Unfortunately, that's all we got to talk about this week. So we'll see you guys back in the flip side. Hey, fans, welcome back. Uh, I just want to point out to all you guys that there is merchandise actually available for WPOV wrestling. And it's kind of cool. You know, you listen to us to wear the t-shirts that could promote our company. WPOV wrestling has four available designs right now that you can find at prowrestlingtees.com backslash uh, WPOV wrestling, four different colors and designs to choose from. All of the money goes into helping Elio get that eye operation. It helps Anton get off of his, um, Corn syrup addiction. I got nothing. But just oh, help us, guys. Yeah. Just help us, okay? I mean, sad. We're starving here, man. How can, I, how can I keep this palatial estate palatial? I mean, I'm not getting no rad money. But anyways, for 1995, you can totally get some cool merchandise. And as I know, with our upcoming 100th episode, we might hopefully be releasing a new t-shirt for WPOV Global. Sweet. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. So, fans, take a look at that. Support, support your local uh, website. We're here for you guys. Now, let's get into this week's AEW Dynamite. And I'm going to do my best not to call it AW something because, you know, I'm too old school. It was always a W in the second part of any of these <laughs> so AEW messes me up every time. But let's get into this week's uh, AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! First off the hop, I'm going to say... In my opinion, much better show than last week. Yep, Agreed. Nothing mind-blowing, but nothing really horrible here. Mm -hmm. All right? So um, we start off with a a recap of stuff, and then we get into – well, first of all, i got to say this, guys. What do you think of this? And maybe this is my opinion only, but, man, Chris Jericho is definitely one of the things on commentary (laughs) that makes the show a lot more fun. Am I wrong or right? I cannot agree with you more. The things he says, the funniest crap that just come, and it's he never feels like the guy who's struggling to say something. He's just like this ongoing, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, like in,
2: in the opening match, oh, oh he, he said, "Well, he's a butcher. He cuts
0: meat."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <He kept talking.
2: laughs> For me, the Jerichoism of the night is when Chris Statlander came out and she was beeping everyone's nose, yeah. and she got to Pineapple Pete and he fell over. He's like. Pineapple beat. I hate that Look. guy. Knock him out. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> just losing his crap on pineapple beat. <laughs> <laughs> pineapple beat <laughs> must love Chris Jericho. I, <laughs> <go>. I, love <laughs> oh, um, I was saying this earlier, and I, I just wanted your quick opinion on this, Ant. um I was saying this about the, the, the current commentary team. Um, I think as individuals, they're much better but they're kind of poor, the three of them together. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the only one who seems to contribute the best during these matches is Excalibur. Agreed. And before Excalibur, they they barely had him talk. Um, Mm -hmm. JR is sometimes good. A lot of times seems, and I don't want to pick on the guy, but really doesn't seem like he's all that interested or he's lost or he's kind of pissy at things. Tony Giovanni is just pretty much checked out most of the time, <laughs> unless it's talking about Britt Baker or something that he's involved in. Then he comes alive. But a lot of the times, man, it's like he's like in a race, and he's way behind, and they're dragging him by the heels. They're like, come on, Tony, catch up. Um, and it's sad that we made the comment that Chris Jericho made it. It's sad that you need a four-man
0: commentary <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> to make the show that much spectacular. Uh, when you're – I mean, we're used to having uh, wrestlers come on, and sometimes they do a good job in commentary and enjoy it. But when the one wrestler makes the only positive difference, that's not good. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of a knock on your commentators. Mm-hmm. Because Chris Jericho, as funny as he can be, he should not be the best commentator on the show. <laughs> Yet he is. <laughs> Yet he is, exactly. So, um, okay, we open up. Finally, the, debate, the debut of uh, FTR. F T I R, and uh, the butcher and the blade. Now going in, after all we've seen of butcher and the blade, did anyone give them any much hope of winning this at all? No, no, they've been they've been dumped on a lot, haven't they?
0: You know, I don't know. They brought these guys in, like they were these two big scary guys, mm-hmm. and you think that in that battle royal, they were, they gave them something to work with, and then yep. like, but they keep making them lose week in and week out
2: exactly i gotta say um i enjoyed them this week they ran quite a bit with ftr yes they did. It was a darn good match but then i think back to do you remember last week was it last week or the week before when they got in there with the young bucks thing and they were dressed all in white and they looked yeah. so bizarrely strange you were like mm-hmm. there's no way they picked those out as their home clothes to hang mm-hmm. out in the audience and i didn't get that either i thought that devalued looks can always value you if, if done incorrectly
0: now I have to say this this happened a little further into the show but like what mm-hmm. Antoine uh, said last week when did Ali uh, move
2: move on to uh, QT did Marshall you, and uh, Dustin Rhodes? I'm going to have to guess that's a, an AEW dark thing because we know Marshall's definitely <laughs> <AEW> <laughs> dark so uh, interesting so which wonders if this is leading into some kind of but here's the thing. Okay, so maybe she's the only exciting part of that because QT Marshall, man, <laughs> your gimmick is that you eat an apple and you're not Carlito and you're not cool enough to spit it in someone's face. <laughs> uh, not a cool thing. And then, man, Dustin Rhodes looked 300 years old today in his makeup. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. He, he aged something last a while. But let's get back to this match. What did you think of this match overall, uh, Antoine? For me, it was an old-school
1: ground based match. I mean, it really gave me feels of wrestling back in the day. No high spots, however, it was an age you see engaging type of match.
0: All right. Uh Elio? Yep, same. It was um uh, it was a good match. I enjoyed this one. Good opening match. Um, a
2: lot of the old school style wrestling. Okay. Uh, one thing I enjoyed about this that was very non-WWE presentation is the vacillating between uh, good guy and bad guy portrayals. You never, you, you still don't know if these are good guys or bad guys. They right. do a lot of things that are good. They do, they stick to the rules. They make, they're very sure about the tagging and giving the old school feel, but they also do dicky things. I mean, there was a part there where I believe Cash acted like he was hurt. And as yes. soon as Butcher turned around, <laughs> he like rolled him up them into up a pit. That's Absolutely. a total bad guy's move. Absolutely. Yeah. They made the chance to never break the tag unless they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I find that portrayal pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Gonna have to say, this makes me the one thing that I'm gonna cringe saying this, and I know you guys might roll your eyes a bit, Uh but it kinda shows you how guys are so much bigger in the WWE because uh, the uh, FTR doesn't look small like they used to amongst all the wrestlers in WWE. They look like they're the same size, which makes you think, okay, maybe most people in AEW's roster isn't as big as the WWE guys.
1: Now, let me ask you this. Yes. So there was a part in the match where, of course, you saw different people sitting in the audience and you had, yep. you know, Tully and Arn sitting in separate yep. rows, but they were making notes as if they were scouting them. Do you right. think that that's the direction they should go in with FTR and mm-hmm. immediately putting them with a the manager? Or do you think they need to establish their own identity as an AEW tag team mm-hmm. before packaging them with a the
2: manager? in my opinion, I really don't think a manager is a good plan right now. I think have anyone scout them, but I think that the, the dynamic they have is two good old boys fighting it out, uh, backing each other's butt. I think that's a much cooler dynamic than, uh, having the, the manager with them in the mouthpiece. Plus these guys can talk. I know they didn't get much of a right. chance, but these guys can talk on the mic. Let them. Vince yeah. kind of screwed them around a lot with that uh-huh. one.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah, that's a good observation. Um, I wondered, in my, to be honest, Ant, um, in my reason why they had Tully Blanchard and Narn Anderson in the thing and showed us that visual, I think they didn't do that to give us any kind of storyline or to give us anything in the future. I think that was a direct callback to the past. Oh. I think we were supposed to see them in their minds and equate the brain busters yeah. to these guys. I think it was just a subtle for old school wrestling fans it was a- instant legitimacy over to FTR. Yeah, sure. When Jericho actually did the
1: Brain Buster in the match, as well as the Spike pile driver to close yeah. yeah. it out. So
2: Yeah. And what were you going to say, Elliot?
0: No, it's what Antoine just said. Uh, they, oh, brought up, they brought I'm up the Brain Busters in the match. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So I think basically that was just sort of a plant there to. Uh, and once again, poor Sean Spears, eh? Nobody talked about that <laughs> dude sitting by himself looking into the. Where was his glove? Well, no. Um, Tony
1: <laughs> Schiavone did make a mention of it. He was saying, did you guys notice how intensely. Spears is staring at Tully. Oh, and I it's that. just looking at him. What is that all about? So, yeah. When, when the glove is going to come into play, who knows? But.
2: <laughs> now, I, now, I listened over to the guys on, um, on, uh, on uh, WP of WPOV, and they were conjecturing about the glove, and they were talking all about Blackjack Mulligan, right? Yep. But that isn't the reference of the glove. You guys know that, right? It isn't Blackjack Mulligan's glove they're referencing. Do you know whose it is? Oh. It's Tully thinking, one of, who, who's the only horseman who wore a glove consistently? Oh. I, I believe you said Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard did a tiny bit, but somebody oh. wore it more consistently. Who oh, was Barry, it? Windham. Who was that? Barry Windham. Barry Wyndham, the okay. son of Black Jack Mulligan. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the guys at POV okay. were close, but yes, it's a direct uh, insight callback to Barry Wyndham. Okay. Once he put on the glove and joined the horseman, he became a superpower mm. instead of just a guy floating near the top.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: So that's, yeah, so I just wanted to get that out there, fans. It wasn't Mulligan that they're putting out. It was definitely uh, Barry Windham. Okay. Okay. Uh, Like the match uh, at the end. So, what's with the Young Bucks? Are they, yeah, no, they're supposed to be good guys, but they act like they're just little pricks that you want to see get punched in the face.
0: I was confused by that ending.
2: Yeah, when he comes in and he's like, (laughs) we've been carrying tag team wrestling on our back for 15 years like really you're just spitting in these guys faces you're telling them that uh, they're just riding your coattails oh we'd like to introduce ourselves since you failed to do so last right i don't get it
1: really they're
2: coming across as little bitches yeah
1: yeah and furthermore
2: what was the purpose
1: of jimmy havoc getting involved in the melee
2: yeah why was kip saving jimmy havoc in there i didn't get that either uh same as you really didn't need omega and uh and Paige out there. Right. And of course, Paige running out with a glass of whiskey in his Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they pulled Paige away from his uh,
0: happy hour and the Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which he really needed because he did so much on this episode.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, brother. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> so we get back to what we were talking about earlier, the natural, the natural nightmares. They get a title shot against o, uh, Omega and Paige at Fighter Fest. Uh, do we see this going anywhere?
1: I think it's just one of those things to give Dustin as many good matches as they possibly can prior to his eventual retirement.
2: Okay, and and I don't want to sound mean, but did he not look old as shit when he was out there dressed in his makeup today? Yeah. I usually, I I want to give Dustin as much room as I can, but man, he just looked like an old man out there in bad makeup. Um. Okay. Penelope Ford, Nyla Rose taking on Chris Statlander and Akira Shida. Uh, first of all, I'm starting a bit uh, get more one over by Penelope Ford. No horrible mm-hmm. botches this week. Gotta say, there is nobody that quite has the shape she has. That's pretty. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. Um, Nyla Rose still kind of floating, not horrible, kind of in between. Uh, Statlander finally getting in. A lot of good offense without looking yes. sloppy. She didn't look sloppy this week. And that axe, uh, the, the axe kick she did this week, yes. that looked freaking good. That should Shout have been the Booker end of the T. match. Yeah, hey? She made it look like she, like, threw everything into that. Um, very little of Hikaru Shida. They, they really didn't have her much in this match, which How I did. was surprised for. And very surprised they had Penelope Ford take the pin on her. How about that? Yeah. And that, which is kind of dumb, because Nyla Rose, who's always, always been about herself, throws in a foreign object to let her partner take the pin, which means your pit partner is probably the one who's going to get the title shot, not you. Hmm. Seemed a little bit out of focus for me. I, I get you need Shida to have competitors. Do you guys think that Penelope Ford is going to be to be able to run with Hikiro Shida in a singles match? Honestly.
1: Penelope for today, no. Maybe down the line if she
2: continues turning in the right direction, mm-hmm. possibly. So when in two weeks when she had... Uh, uh, oh, you no, know, not in two <laughs> weeks. Or, or three, two or three, or how many is it? Three or four weeks till Fighter Fest? That's probably when they're going to have... I, I don't see that. I think it's too no. quick. I think it's too quick. Okay. I think they might have been service bringing in a different bad guy to team with Nyla Rose. Yeah. You know, uh, What do you guys think of this match, though? I've I got to say I really enjoyed it, but I thought there was too little Sheeta in here and that uh, it sure it, it actually did a disservice to Sheeta because it really made Statlander look really good. Mm. Statlander carried this match really well. Yes. She has done a, a few botches every now and then it looks kind of sloppy in some of her execution, but she seemed really on board with me today. What did you think of this match?
1: Um, I thought the match was good. Yeah. Uh, Sheeta was dialed back a bit in comparison to her run leading to the belt. But um I figured. Served the purpose of you know, highlighting Ford a little more and Statlander, who once upon a time was the hottest thing in the women's division. So I think it served the purpose of giving those two a little more light. But of course, we know that they have to make sure that they continue to elevate their champion.
2: Did it do the service to uh, Nyla Rose?
1: Not really, because Nyla, I think, is still trying to find herself.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. They're trying to establish herself as an <clears throat> ring worker. Because for me, it just felt like it bumped her right out of the, the picture. She had such a weak showing here that I don't see her. I don't think it's hard to see her now mm. as re-challenging. What did, what did yeah. you think of this match, Elio?
0: Yes, it was uh, not a bad match. Um, uh, yeah, Nyla Rose is still um, the same place. Like, she's not horribly Wrestling. bad, but uh, yeah. not improved. So... I'd say she's,
2: just, she's right there. She's... I'm going to give a rare Nyla Rose prop here. Uh, the move she did where she uh, draped Sheeta and uh, Stanley yes. on the ropes, came off with the knee thing. Nice. Haven't seen her do a really good, good move in a while, so she needed that. That looked great. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, let's move on to Darby Allen in the back with Tony Hawk. <sighs> Not cleared to wrestle, but Tony's going to clear him to skateboard. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure I don't don't know. I mean the cool factor
2: of Tony Hawks there, but I'm not seeing how this translates Um, into anything wrestling interesting. I don't
0: know what the (laughs) same.
2: Antoine, you got anything I don't know
1: if he's able to take bumps on concrete and ladders and skateboard ramps, he could take bumps anywhere. I don't know. It just proved to be pointless to me. I'm like, where's this going and what is this doing for Darby Allen as a
2: wrestler? they're really taking the fun out of what Darby Allen has been, and every week it's diminishing. They have to do something here because these vignettes they're giving him are doing the exact opposite of what um, they should be doing.
0: Darby Allen was really was this really cool guy when we first saw him in AEW, and now they've been doing all these vignettes. It's just getting weird with him. Like they started with um, when Sammy took him out to, with the, yeah. To, yeah and then um. All the stuff with Taz back in in those vignettes, and now this every week, all these weird vignettes they got them doing.
2: I gotta, uh, I gotta, Ant, what, what would you think? Oh, oh my goodness, a, a train whistle. What do you think? <laughs> Ant, what would you think? Okay, I'm gonna let this train pass, folks, okay, because this is ridiculous. Um, Glacial <laughs> yeah. Studios, yes, I have my own train. On This is my. This is the workers who have finished doing whatever yeah. going
1: home. I've got well, nothing.
2: Anyhow, platform nine and three quarters. There we go. It's the kids headed off to Hogwarts. Um, <laughs> and do you think? And I just this just popped in my mind because you brought it up earlier. Do you think Darby Allen would be served having a manager?
1: I think so. I honestly think so All because. His mic work leaves something to be desired. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I don't know if you all have heard, but there have been some buzzes about Sting and his availability. And some people, you know, are thinking maybe Sting will be Darby Allen's manager.
2: Mm-hmm. That
1: would be interesting. Yeah. yeah.
2: he would be a bad manager? Mike Tyson. <laughs> no, no question. no
1: question. No <laughs> question. And you know what? Just to stay on Darby, I thought yeah. with the interaction that he had with Taz and then Brian Cage doing to him what he did yeah. at Double or Nothing, I thought maybe there would have been some sort of program there just to kind of tie Cage over until his eventual fight with uh, Moxley, but I yeah. guess they decided not to go in that direction.
2: And well, that's
1: they did that, have th- – that, that's, that's why I'm so
0: trying to figure out what was with all those vignettes with Taz was. Like, mm-hmm. he kept trying to help him um, – saying he wants to help them and that uh, they never never went
2: anywhere. Right. And, and I got to say, like, once again, AEW wasting a great big... Uh, like, we, do, we don't need to see Brian Cage fight uh, Moxley next month. This should have been a big thing developed. Same as Lance Archer was pushed way too fast. Too soon. Too soon. Now where's Lance Archer? Mm. Big guy on the way out. Brody Lee. They rushed him right into a title shot. Now where is he? hanging out with them you know like you, you you've taken away the the dangerous thing that they could be main event guys by rushing them and having the champions defeat them so quickly and uh brian cage um i don't see him winning the belt he's very uncharismatic he uh, he has some good stuff with him but it's just too soon and i really think you're right they should have had more with darby allen uh, trying to, I mean, they even mentioned, like, Darby Allen last week made a comment about the next time he gets a match with uh, Cage, he's going to, like, show him who the laugh is, and then, boom, nothing. Now he's skateboarding instead. He's so worried about getting a skateboard jump instead of wrestling. Uh, that I mean, are the stuff... X
1: Games coming up?
2: <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> is, that <the> thing <laughs> still? is that still a thing? Is there still the X Games? Holy I crap. See it is. <laughs> wow, I would have thought that garbage was done a while ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have um, the inner circle, Santana and Ortiz with uh, Jack, Jack, Jake Hager, uh, taking on the best friends in Orange Cassidy. Um, Ant, do you want to go first on this one? <laughs>
1: um, I like the match. I did. Um, you know, of course... Orange Cassidy steals the show yet again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I enjoyed more than anything was the post-match melee with them mm-hmm. all and how the inner circle got serious and went back into that mode where they were taking out multiple people per show. And for them to do what they did to the best friends and bust Orange Cassidy open and then even mm-hmm. steal a scene from the star series power and beat uh, Orange Cassidy with the bag of oranges. I don't know if you all are familiar no, with that show, I power. had no
2: I thought it was just because his name was Orange Cassidy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. So let me tell her because I'm yes, a fan please. of power, they ripped it from okay. that show. So there was a scene with the uh lead character, the son Tariq, you know, call himself trying to be a gangster and a hustler. And so he got himself caught up by owning an Italian family of a mafia some money. And so of course, with Tariq being unable to come through, they had him tied up. And they had his dad, Ghost, and his best friend slash Tariq's uncle, Tommy, there. And they had witnessed uh, Tariq getting beat with the bag of oranges. So immediately my mind went to that scene in power. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, the only problem, okay, because I didn't know the reference, I thought, okay. well, this is awfully ridiculous. They're beating a guy named Orange Cassidy with oranges. With oranges, But the worst part, the worst part for me of all of this Mm -hmm. was Jim Ross going, oh my God, he has a bag of blood oranges. How in the hell does he know it's blood oranges? You can't see right. from that far away no. blood oranges. Right. Blood <laughs> away. <laughs> you know? um, so yeah, that for me was just like seriously. I think, doing... I, I think
0: he just saw blood that he saw the bag of oranges.
2: <laughs> it's
1: just, just ridiculous. ridiculous. To, to to got together,
2: a book, yeah. But he said it before they even he even hit them with he it. Even yep, yeah, he Yeah, sure he held it one up and he's like, oh my God, he's brought in blood <laughs> oranges. And I'm like, <laughs> seriously, Jim. Come so on, man. So thanks to JR for telling us that someone's going to bleed. Yeah, <laughs> like just just a little bit over the top. The match itself was weird. I mean, Orange Cassidy okay. definitely was a bit of a highlight for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the kind of match where I look back and I can barely remember anything that Best Friends really did except take mm-hmm. a bit of a beating. That's exactly how that match went. You only remember Orange Cassidy. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: That, that's, that's the only totally part did. I remember is Orange Cassidy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, he he he. How does a skinny little guy like that do a double? her Corona. <laughs> that was something. I
0: no idea how.
2: And I gotta say when he did that kind of a, uh, got caught up, spun around, and then put Santana into the spinning DDT. Yes. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the beating down at the end, I guess, uh I guess maybe this is science to come. I mean, next week we'll obviously have uh the inner circle with Jake Hager taking on uh you know, best friends of Cassie, but okay. I think they're still gonna someday down the road we're gonna have an Orange Cassidy um uh, Chris Jericho match. That's yeah, definitely yeah. something coming. Oh, so we'll we'll see where that goes. But uh interesting. Uh once again, a little bit impressed with Orange Cassidy. Did even a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh and even Chris I uh, was it Chris Jericho even was like made the comment, you know, I don't like this guy but get but man, he is like a pool hustler. You know he comes out like he has no energy and then bam he starts nailing you with all these high octane moves and, yep. and he's given and that's one good thing about chris jericho even when he hates the people he gives them the proper props for what they do yep so i'll give him that one except pineapple <laughs> 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 All right. and then um, and then in the year we'll see him joining the
0: inner circle yeah
2: exactly <laughs> Maybe <laughs> just like NWO, everybody will be inner circle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please, That's where no. Sting will come back. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> was he like the only guy who didn't join? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um, this part found weird. Uh, why would they even bother interviewing Billy Gunn? Which was stupid. Um, nobody gives a crap. Uh, MJF coming out. Uh, Probably what MJF, when you're only five foot ten and you're telling six foot five, six foot six Billy Gunn that is piece of shit, no talent sons are trying to get a job, <laughs> probably a dumb idea. <laughs> now, I thought they said that these guys were going to fight. Did they mean next week on dark? Because I, I assumed it was going to be on this mat, this card. But I, think was, I, think I think it's next week. Yeah, next week's dynamite, I believe. Was it yeah. going to be dynamite? I okay. believe so. Because, man, if MJF gets stuck on dark. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> exactly. Uh, plus, I could see why. Uh, compared to his sons, man, uh, Billy Gunn's sons do not look like anything special, big or anything. <laughs> the, the Gun Club. He's the only gun in the Gun Club. Okay? Yeah, they're, they're they're pea shooters. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, did I, did I skip a match here? I think I might have. No, I got it. Okay, coming oh, up. I see now. Uh, we get uh, Colt Cabana against Sammy Guevara. Mm. Now, I, I am definitely going to ask uh, 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 Tony what the hate on for Colt Cabana is because I got to say this was a pretty darn good match and Colt mm-hmm. looked pretty good in there. But, man, Guevara, did you see when he did the first leap out of the ring when he came flying with that yeah. somersault-topia over the thing? was, holy crap. if, 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 Cass, if he if, if Colt hadn't been there to catch him, that's that's like you're going to crash and, and cripple yourself. Mm-hmm. That was a crazy-ass move. Um, so, really good match. I thought the ending was kind of abrupt, but I think that's the whole idea, right? That Colt just kind of like chokes at the last second. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know what Tony hates with the guy. I thought it was a really good match. The Dark Order, including Evil Uno, who seemed a little smaller.
0: And Grace back.
2: Like, I kept wondering, is that I saw Grace and, and you recognize him, but do you guys really think that was Uno? Because he seemed a lot smaller he than the smaller. actual Uno. So I was yeah. having a hard time. Is that, it's been so long. Is that really evil Uno? I thought he was a lot bigger and fatter. But mm-hmm. I mean, he,
1: you know? has, he hasn't been seen on camera in a little while. So Yeah,
2: we haven't seen him in a while. Okay, but did you guys also wonder, too, if maybe it wasn't him? I don't know. Maybe I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, but, I definitely
1: uh, found myself questioning or uncertain as to if it was him or not. Yeah. Know.
2: Okay. Cool. I'll have to dig harder to find out. I mean, it just right. happened live. We just saw it a while ago, but it, I just it didn't look like Evil Uno. It looked like just mm-hmm. a guy wearing a smaller guy wearing his uh, uniform.
0: So no, where where where, is it, where are they going with this recruiting story? Think he's Colt, Colt's going to end up
2: joining? Well, we'll skip ahead. Colt actually like went to Brody Lee's dressing room at the yes. end.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They
2: did. One part about that whole thing I want to throw out there is I really hated when the announcer was in the back and she was just standing there and then he walked in and she did this thing, right? Yeah. And it was just so fake and put on. It was right. just like – Make it look uh, natural. Yeah, yeah, that looked,
0: it, that looked just
2: bad. It's Casey Lennox level. Yeah, it was Casey Lennox level of, <laughs> of unprofessionalism. Um, what did you think? Uh, you guys think of the Colt-Sami uh, Guevara match?
0: I liked it. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: I liked it too, yep. And the kickstick out particular match? Vote? Uh, no, just uh, New World match for me, that
1: New World match was a great match. Okay. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I enjoyed the contrast of stats between the two, and like you, I'm not, you know, certain as to what the hatred for Cole Cabana is with Tony. I mean, not only do I think he could go in the ring, but I actually met him at a Ring
2: of Honor event. Mm-hmm. And, oh, cool dude. Okay. Okay. Because I just know, I, I, I do know the reason I have such a better look at Colt Cabana and why I think he is uh, pretty good is his stuff he did in New Japan, especially teaming with Toriano yeah. and, ha- and being the, the more technical guy in the matches mixed with their comedy. I really enjoyed him a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, I don't know where this Dark Order thing is, but right now in AEW, this might be the actual guy who could benefit from this. Because obviously they don't know what to do with Colt Cabana. We have not seen all the time he's been there anything really positive. A push. He's got the talent. Uh, maybe this will be something that can get him in more of a spotlight.
1: Yeah, because call me crazy, but when crazy. he made when he, uh, <laughs> sorry when he made his debut, uh huh, he came off as if he would be aligned with SCU to fight mm-hmm. off the Dark Order, and then yeah. that kind of, you know, well, not kind of, but it did fizzle out, and now all yeah. of a sudden, you know, he's considering joining the Dark Order, so. Yeah.
2: You know. Yeah, and what happened to SCU and Dark Order? I mean, SCU's still there. Like, that seems to have just been cooled right off, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, yeah. uh, without explanation. Ooh, yeah. Very, very McManish. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then we get, uh, we get uh, oh, what did you guys think of the... Um, John Moxley confronting Taz, kind of mm-hmm. segment with Brian Cage coming out, jumping in from behind, violence on the car. Um, what did you guys think of that whole situation? I'll let Ellie go first.
0: I um like it a bit. I didn't really like it much. No.
1: No.
2: Well, no. no. <laughs> Anton, you, want, you um, want to go? I mean
1: was okay i mean it, you know for us to see brian cage i guess be a monster outside of the ring it was okay it kind of gave off a paul Heyman, brock lesnar
2: type of yeah. feel, but it's okay uh for me i thought the first half of it was great loved the intensity that uh, yeah. moxley was showing he seemed legitimately angry yeah uh, the confrontation with taz was pretty good um Outside, fake brawls in the parking lot tend to be always kind of the same. There's a car. Somebody's always invariably going to smash a window to show Mm -hmm. that it's legit. (laughs) Um, The only problem I had with it is, in my mind, having them too close together right now in the beginning was a disservice to Brian Cage because he didn't come off as a monster. He came off with a a guy who's the same size as Moxley with a few more muscles. Mm. You know, when they would package him in as this big monster, I think having them separate a little bit, maybe even throw in a few smaller guys against Cage before the actual thing, builds up Cage to be a giant monster. But obviously, he's, he's, a, he's a big built man, but he's the same size as John Moxley. So that kind of takes away the, the terror of him being a monster,
1: mm.
2: in my mind. Uh, Of course, the ridiculousness, car. we've seen that a gazillion times. You knew somebody was going to smash the window with something. Yep. You knew somebody was going through either the front or the back shield. Yep. That was typical. Um, Main event time. And uh, wow, what am I going to say about this is, Uh... uh, it's not that it was a bad match. And I mean, they kept using the excuse that Mark Quinn had injured his ankle. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, if you're going to defend a belt regularly, but, you're, challenge. Yeah, but if you're going to do it against guys who would never really get a title shot and probably right now shouldn't get a title shot, don't make it the main event. I mean, we should have, you know, the inner circle against the best friends thing that should have been the main event tonight because this just came off as a flat ending. I mean, mm-hmm. we know Cody's going to win. Yeah. We know Cody is going to stand triumphant. He's not going to have that hard of a battle. He's going to give a good time. We know he's going to give the guy a hug at the end of the match. Um, so oh i don't want to sound mean but it's almost like it's almost like masturbation he he's just broken <laughs> himself here uh, you know what i mean like that's, that's, well, he's given himself the stroke i mean yeah. you know he's sure he's elevating somebody who doesn't get much of an elevation but uh how is it to the fans at the end when this title we're supposed to believe in so much is really a title for secondary dudes defended by a guy who isn't a secondary dude mm uh that's how that this it came to me as a kind of, and you know there's the big brawl at the end i guess to set up the thing but when the brawl and the setup angle is more important than the actual match to me that says not a great main event
0: of course he, when we saw Jake Hager come out knew uh, you knew EA, that, that was saying to set up a match at, for fighter fest
2: yeah i mean it had to right yeah um in my mind if you're going to watch a two-hour show and have a main event, yeah. the main event should, regardless of what the things happen afterwards, the match should be at least somewhat good. Yeah, This kind of was flat for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nothing against the coup guys in there. Just a flat match. What do you guys think? Yeah. Give it... if... Go ahead, Elio.
0: No, for me, uh, I agree. It was a flat match. I It, was... it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Outstanding. It was outstanding.
2: Yeah, it just wasn't a main event for me. and
1: I agree. That was most of a uh, mid-card match. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, again, where, you know, uh, you look at the level of competition, it's supposed to be an open challenge, if you will. I mean, when you look at John Cena and his open challenge when he had the United States Championship, mm-hmm. he at least wrestled opponents that were believable contenders or at least trending in that direction yeah you can't have an open challenge for a title against guys who are seen more on dark than they are on dynamite so Mm. it just kind of deflates things in reference to that division and it's one of those things where again should have been a mid card match instead of as opposed
2: to a main event well, it just even makes you think, you know, you look at, like, it's an open challenge, which is an exciting thing, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you determine the open challenge? I mean, Mark Quinn has not even done a singles match, and all of a sudden yeah. he's getting a title shot. Yeah. Or Jungle Boy, who rarely has a title uh, singles match, he gets a title shot. Like, how do you determine who gets the open? Is it the first guy who got there and, and saw the, you know, did, like, Mark Quinn drive a, an hour faster than everyone saw the open contract on the thing and wrote his name first? So is that how it works?
1: <laughs> it you just got to get there. Right. And if you want to make it appealing and you want to go with someone from
2: Jurassic Express, why not go with the biggest guy, Luchasaurus? Mm-hmm. Exactly. As sad as it sounds, it seems like the TNT title defenses are would have been apt at uh, main events on maybe Dark. Yeah. But then it's a TNT belt, which you would defend yes. on Dark, anyways. Or she well, would it the they... YouTube championship. I was just gonna say, God, they better not do it dark. Right? <laughs> we ain't covering that shit, no way. This is sea <laughs> level wrestling. QT Marshall versus Marco Stunt in the main.
0: Event. <laughs> that's a main event match.
2: Nowhere, nowhere. That's a main event match. Not even Marco Stunt's house. Okay, let's log in and out and finish this off. All right. I think we- Yep. All right. So of course the the main event all ends and the big angle coming up with uh, inner circle uh, for first Jake Hager coming out, uh, attacking uh, Cody, Mm -hmm. uh, which brings back um, private party and Matt Hardy with chairs to run him off. And then the inner circle come in there. And then for some, and this is the thing I never get. Okay. So after all this ambushed from behind, Cody awards, Jake Hager with a title shot. So basically, you're saying, Cody, if you want a title shot, just attack you from behind. And that's the quickest way to do it. Seems ridiculous. Pretty much. Um, I don't know if that, that I think that always looks makes the face look stupid when he has a belt and challenges like that for a guy who ambushes him. It just encourages everyone to ambush him. Am I right or not? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So in the end, this week, I'm going to say that AEW was better than last week's effort. Yep. It wasn't great. There were some few weak spots, but there was some good wrestling on there. The the opening match was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Colt Cabana's match was very good. The women's match was solid. I'm going to go this week with a B. And that'll be my rating. Uh, Elio? I'm going to go with a B as well. Uh, Much better than last week's episode. All right. And Antoine? Make it a trilogy of B's looks like B. like so nxt better uh, better wow us when we watch it later yeah. on because yeah. b is a tough one to beat and uh let's face it uh it's not like you know yes nxt has been winning uh many of the battles between the brands here but only by this much none of the shows are blow away in anything so yeah. uh, mm-hmm. if if this is the week that nxt shit the bed they might be uh <laughs> they might be down a point yes. so you know what uh Folks, we had a great time talking about, you know, there's not a lot of wrestling going on right now, but we got, to, we got an opportunity to talk about AEW Dynamite. We got to talk about uh, some of the things going on in the world. Uh, it's been a rough time. You know, I, I realized, did you guys want to say anything before we take off about uh, anything on your mind going on in this stuff or, or did we cover it all on your bait? Because you, I know I didn't give you guys that big of an opportunity to really retort or tell anything. Uh, is there anything you want to throw it at before we head off to the Wild Blue Yonder? Um, No, I think I'm good to go. Cool. Elio, anything?
0: Yeah, no, no, I think I covered it uh, in in our opening segment.
2: Okay, well, you know what? Uh, Two weeks ago, our show was called Do Better. And we weren't talking about wrestling. We were talking about the people around us. Mm -hmm. And last week's show was called No Really, Do Better. Because we've been exposed the last little while that people aren't doing better. Well, this is the opportunity. All I'm asking, just be nice to the people around you. You don't need to be a dick about everything. There are people out there who you don't know who could be your friend if you just took the time to say, hey, you know, there's 7 billion of us floating on this world, spinning around, and we're lonely because we're cut off from social media, quarantines, and all sorts of things. Maybe when we get back into the real world, it's a time for us to look around and start making a lot more friends and enemies because I think we learned we don't really need enemies. We're always going to have the government to shit on us. So what do we need enemies for? (laughs) (laughs) We liked those dicks to shit on us. So yeah, um, be better, keep safe and, uh, wash your hands, people. My God. I, 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 the only thing I fear is when this is all over, you know, I I go to stores now and I see how they're cleaning everything. I'm wondering when all these phases end, if we just go back to dirty toilets and stinky Walmarts, I hope not. It's a dream that maybe we learned something out of this, but folks, we want to thank you for joining us. Um, It's been a a, a tremendous time always to sit and talk with you. And thank you, guys. Thank you, Ant. Thank you, uh, Elio. Always fun talking wrestling, talking the world with you guys. Look forward to it every week. Yes. I'm going to say goodbye Mm -hmm. to all you fans. Uh, Ant, uh, say goodbye to the fans. And then Elio, wish the people a good night.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please stay safe. Take care of yourselves and each other.
0: And fans, we will talk to you all next week.